show number 25 of I Read Comics. First of all, I have a cold, which is why I sound like this. It's also the reason why <clears throat> there hasn't been a show <laughs> for a little bit. Um, so this is another interview show that I did at APE, and I wanted to talk just a little bit about APE, but I'll talk about it some more in the upcoming shows because I got some great stuff that I want, I'm going to read and, and talk about more. Um, it was a good APE this year. I think it was a little bit better than the ones in previous years. Uh, Ape, the Alternative Press Expo held in San Francisco. It's a much smaller show than either WonderCon or I think Small Press Expo, which is in Maryland as well. But it was good. Um, it was a nice weekend for it for a change. It wasn't pouring rain, so people were able to come in and out. And it looked like there were quite a lot of folks there. One thing I noticed, as opposed to the past couple of years, is that I didn't see any zines at all. So calling it the Alternative Press Expo, I don't know, maybe they need to change that title. Um, clearly, it was all independent stuff. I mean, no big-name publishers there, aside from Fantagraphics, if you consider them a big name. They're probably the biggest name that was there. But most of it was all self-produced comics um, and things to go along with the comics. We're seeing more and more of that now, stuffed animals and toys and buttons and all kinds of stuff. But no zines. I really didn't see any zines, and that's kind of sad. And I'm, I'm guessing the zine thing is gone at this point, which is, uh, you know, time to move on, I guess. But I miss them anyway, because I love zines. And the last time I did pick up some zines at Ape, they were great. I really enjoyed them. So lots and lots of comics, um, lots and lots of crappy comics, but there were some really good things. And I hooked up with the people that I had wanted to meet, which was great. The big... Um, thing that I wanted to do there was to meet up with Carol Tyler, who is the artist and author of Late Bloomer, in addition to several other books. And I reviewed Late Bloomer, her most recent book, a couple shows ago. And since she was going to be there, I thought, well, I'll see if I can do an interview. And it was great. I was so happy. So let me tell you a little bit about um, what her panel was like, and then I'm going to get to the interview <clears throat> with a caveat. She had a panel and the panels at Ape are not always really well attended because they don't. Uh, I, I think they're they don't do a good job of directing people to them. They're in these rooms that are in the back, and it's kind of hard to find it if you don't know where you're supposed to be going. So she had probably I don't know thirty or forty people there, maybe a little bit less than that, which was good. And what she did instead of just talking or doing a Q and A was to do a PowerPoint slideshow which was great, and it talked about her inspirations for the art that she's doing right now in pictures. So there were pictures of her home and of some road trips that she's taken, the people that live near her, her neighbors, um, the beautiful, beautiful inside of her house, which she's all done herself. So in addition to doing comics, she also does fine arts. She does oil paintings, and she's painted the walls of her house and, and just has all this really interesting stuff. It looks, looks like a gorgeous house, so full of light and color. 
And it was really neat to have that little glimpse into the artist's life. And she's very funny, too. So it was it was all extremely amusing. And then it ended up with the audience participating in a song. And I'm going to put that song at the end of the podcast. And it's called Welcome to Bloomerland. And Bloomerland is the website that she set up. And we talk a little bit about that in the interview. And uh, we, we all did hand gestures along to the song. And it, it was great. It was really wonderful. And then we went to do this little interview, which I was really looking forward to. So now I have to say... It's a great interview in terms of content. It's a horrible interview in terms of the sound quality. What can I tell you? We couldn't leave the uh, the place. We had to stay at her booth because there were people coming by and buying things and wanting to talk with her. And it's really loud. And I just don't have the money to buy the kind of sound equipment that one would need to do an interview in a place like that. So it's me with my little microphone, my little recorder, and we were trying very hard to make ourselves heard. And I did quite a lot of post-editing on that sound file. Um, I became very good friends with Audio Hijack Pro, trying to do some low-pass filtering and high-pass filtering. So believe it or not, the file actually sounds a lot better than it did right after I recorded it, but it's still really hard. So if you listen to the first couple minutes of it and then say, oh my god, I can't listen to this shit anymore, I won't be upset. (laughs) But it is a really good interview, and that's why I didn't want to try to do it over again over the telephone, and maybe I'll get the chance to talk with her another time in a quiet place. So I just need to say really, really big apologies for the sound quality, because it really sucks, and so I'm very upset about that. I wanted to um, just give you a couple of um, background pieces before you listen to what she has to say, if you can make it all the way through, because we talk specifically about some of the books that she's done. Um, The two collections that are out, one is called The Job Thing, which you can get, and I'm going to put in links to these, and then the new one is Bloomerland, which I talked about before. There's also a good collection of her work in um, an anthology called Twisted Sisters that came out quite a while ago. It's no longer in print, but you can still get it used via Amazon, and even though I don't like Amazon, I'm going to put the link in to getting the used copies there, because I think it's a really, really great book, and if you don't have a copy, you're really missing out on something. It's a collection of some of the best women artists um, from the, the contemporary era. Um, and they're all contemporaries with each other, which is interesting too. So they got their start in the late seventies and the art is great. The stories are great. I was amazed when I got it and it's still one of my favorite collections to look at. The other story that, um, we talk about is the Hannah story, which is not in a collection, but it will be in her new book, which is going to come out whenever she gets around to finishing it. And let me just tell you what it is, because it's really important to our conversation. Most of Carol Tyler's stories are completely autobiographical, so they're about things that have actually happened to her or things that she's experienced. Sometimes they're slightly fictionalized, but mostly they're just told straight ahead. And the Hannah story is about her mother and her finding out as an adult what happened to her sister Anne that she never knew, who died when she was a child. And it's an incredibly touching, wrenching story that her mother tells for the first time. You know, she, um, Carol and her sister always knew that they had, had had a sister, but didn't really know what happened to her. So this is her mother finally coming to terms with, um, this, I'll put this in quotes, accidental death of her sister. Um, and it happened in a hospital and, um, it was the kind of thing where it was so awful that, 
her parents just kind of wanted to forget about it and say, it's, it's done, we need to move on. Um, and, and you'll hear Carol talk about what she tried to do in, in her sister's memory. So that, that was an amazingly effective story. It's available in um, an issue of Drawn, Drawn and Quarterly that I'm not sure is in print anymore. That's where I saw it because I have that issue somewhere. But it will be in the new collection that she has coming out. So if, if for that alone you should buy it. It was nominated for an Eisner, but it didn't win. Hmm. Um, the other stories that are important to know about, one is in the job thing. And it's called Full of the Arts. It's the story of how she tried to do a children's art program in Sacramento when she was living there right after her daughter was born. And what an awful experience that was, having to come in as an outsider and deal with all these bratty little kids who really didn't want to learn about art. And, you know, I can relate to that because I've taught freshman English for college students. And I know what it's like to be in a classroom full of kids who really don't want to be there. Um, so it's a great story, and the best part at the end, which I talk about a little bit, is that she she frames the story by saying, I, I need to deal with all this horrible stuff that happened during that summer, so she takes all her memories and puts them on a stage, these little mannequin figures, and then she says, finally, my summer of foolishness is completely organized, now what? And she's talking to Mother Time. And Mother Time says, now I am motivated. Hallelujah. It's time for me to kick into gear. Let's pour gasoline all over this place. And Carol, as the character says, gasoline, why? Mother Time says, because I'm going to burn this mother down. Carol protests and says, but I need to mull over my memories, harbor the hurt till I understand it better. And Mother Time says, take a tip from Mother Time. Get on with your life. And I just thought that was a great ending to this, that... Once you've dealt with something, you got to move on. And I just, I love that attitude about her. And, and I talk about that some in this interview as well. There's another one that we talk about in the Bloomerland book, which is called Saturday Night and Sunday Morning. And it's a, a very straightforward story about um, when you're a kid and your parents, relatives, or friends come over and have a night of, you know, eating dinner and playing cards and stuff like that. And uh, it's it's so true to life. It's just about how adults act and how weird it can seem to you when you're a kid. So it, it's just great. It's really funny. It's And then Sunday morning, of course, is uh, going to church after the debauched Saturday night. And there's a lot of really funny bad language in it. And then she also talked a little bit about a story called There's Something Wrong with a Perfect Lawn, which is a fictionalized story, but she says it's based on her parents and their quest for the perfect lawn and um, how becoming a member of a, a, a community where you have to have a perfect lawn can sometimes become more important than the other really important things in your life. And that's a great story as well. Um, I will say, if you can stand to listen to this and hear it, you'll hear me being all fangirlish with her. But, you know, she's one of my favorite artists, and I never really thought I'd get the chance to meet her in person. And I did feel like in reading her books and in talking to her, we have a lot of stuff in common, like actually stuff in common, not just stuff I'm making up like a stalker would, but real actual factual things in common. So she was just so sweet and wonderful. She signed my book. Um, she gave me a little packet of seeds that were her, her little giveaway um, that are called Bloomerland Seeds, which I'm going to have to plant in my backyard. And we talked a little bit about what she's going to try to do with her website and some plans that she has for the future. So once more, if you can stand to listen to the horrible sound quality, and I really can't warn you too much about the horrible sound quality, <laughs> Go ahead and give this a shot, and I'm just going to, um, I'm not coming back after the interview. I'm just going to put the cute little Bloomerland music on. And then the next show will be um, a real one, because I've got a bunch of stuff to review.
it's amazing though, because she's, you know, we get together now and then, and, and she'll say something, I'll say something, and say, yeah, because we both remember that. Yeah, but I, I'm not motivated to the point where I feel like, oh, i got to document the whole family is on my shoulders or anything like that. I've just always been fascinated by my family. Yeah, your family is a huge part of the work that you've done, and it runs through it in sometimes more obvious ways, but in more subtle ways. I, I want to talk about your dad in a little bit, but um, I, I love that in the family that you draw, whether they're your own or you remove it by one step, people talk and act like real families do. It doesn't ever seem scripted that you're putting words into their mouth because families are weird, right? You know, people say strange things, people are self-centered. You can't ever really explain people's behavior. You can portray it and say, this is my experience with it. And, and I think that contributes a lot to the authenticity of what you do is that you actually portray people the way that they really are. All right. Well, like that story, Saturday night, sun, Sunday morning, yeah. that's in there. You know, I thought my parents were going to be pissed off when they read it. I mean, I, I don't, it's not glamorous. Right. And my dad's got the worst file off, of course, he's a plumber, and I'm a plumber's daughter, so look out. But recently, like in the last couple months, they both read that story again, and they didn't, where well, I guess some guy came over, some friend of dad's came over, and he said, yeah, hey, come on over here. And my daughter wrote a book. God damn, she got it all right. <laughs> and I'm thinking... I love 
know, the dirty fingernail work and the gardening thing and talking to neighbors and sharing calls and all that stuff. That's how you, you gain entree into that world. I, I, I think the woman part, when, talk, when you were talking about um, the balance, that's kind of a funny thing because I never felt like my art was balanced while I was raising our daughter. Justin, you know, working, knocking out, uh, busting his ass out of here to, uh, 
trajectory of life, or whatever you prefer, you maybe however you want to say it, is basically, I really would like for you to have a better life than the constant struggle, yeah? Yes, and Carol Ray, yes, um, Christine Carter, 
back when she was on Comic Row. And, and Dory say that when she was on Comic Row. All of that stuff came from real life, from very gritty situations in life. Right. Thank you. 
Issues required. Welcome to the land of your muse. The time is here to live your life inspired. No need to paint your wagon. Stand in your truth 